Welcome to the Foodies Podcast. My name is Chris King, and in this episode, I'm speaking to Pete Pearson, Director of Food Waste at the World Wildlife Fund's US offices in Washington. WWF is an international NGO working in over 100 countries, focusing on conservation and minimizing the impact we humans have on the environment and the other animals with whom we share this planet. Since 2015, they've been devoting resources to a campaign to reduce food waste, resulting in initiatives both commercial and educational focus. And I discussed with Pete the evolution of the campaign, the willingness of business to engage with them and the issue, as well as the impact of government policy and much more. Since the interview was conducted, there has been the launch by WWF of a series of pilot projects aimed at further reducing food waste in the hotel sector, being carried out in cooperation with the Rockefeller Foundation and the American Hotel and Lodging Association. If you'd like to be kept up to date on new interviews and articles on the site, as well as obtain discounts for the new shop that I've created, where I'm selling prints of my work from the Foodies project, and profits from which will help to fund the project and allow me to spend more time documenting the activities of organizations fighting to reduce avoidable food waste. So please check it out at foodies.org.uk forward slash shop. And you can always sign up for the newsletter while you're there at foodies.org.uk forward slash newsletter. Okay, so now for my interview with Pete Pearson. Enjoy. Yeah, so my name is Pete Pearson, and I am the director of food waste for the World Wildlife Fund U.S. offices in Washington, D.C. And what are some of the initiatives that uh, WWF is doing around the issue of food waste at the minute? Yeah, we started we started really working on the issue of food waste in 2015, actually with mm-hmm. the hiring of, of my position in this thing. So I got to kick off and help to launch our food waste program in the U.S. Okay. Uh, so again, that started about June 2015, and I've been doing it ever since. What's your background? Where did you come from? Uh, so not your typical background for somebody that works in conservation. I actually started mm-hmm. working in IT. I was a, uh, worked a lot with technology and mm-hmm. was a project manager for information technology for about 10 years. Okay. Then I went back to school and, and got really interested in this kind of sustainable business management Mm-hmm. in about 2007 and then at the time I was working for a large grocery chain okay. in the US uh-huh. and after that I was hired as director of sustainability for grocery stores so I really got right. into sustainability and food when I started working at the grocery store as director right. of sustainability uh-huh. and were you witness to a lot of uh, food waste within that environment uh, yes when we had about 2,000 grocery stores when for the company that I worked for, and mm-hmm. I helped create a zero waste program for all of them. Okay. So it wasn't just food waste; it was like how you implement recycling and, and better material management and, mm-hmm. and management for all these grocery stores. And I mean, for some of them, it was typical you could have one or two tons or more of food waste generated every single week wow. from the grocery store operations. So you know, part of our focus was just getting it out of landfills, right, mm-hmm. to try to make, put incentives in place and try to find cost benefits where you could divert it away from landfills. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it it becomes a big problem quick and you, you, you see it every day. And so what were the, some of the methods that were used to try and get it out of landfill? What, what were the options that you explored? Well, each community has different infrastructure and different capabilities. I mean, there's some okay. communities that don't have any ability to divert it at all. Right. Okay. 
So in, in those cases, you're actually trying to find partnerships with farmers or, or folks that might be interested in taking it from you mm-hmm. and using it to feed animals or to actually do their own private composting operations. Mm-hmm. Um, in larger cities that have zero waste uh, strategies and are really a little more advanced, they have anaerobic digestion and larger community composting projects that can take the food waste and divert it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of trying to price that at you know, what I call cost neutral or better, you know, mm-hmm. so it's the same price as landfilling, meaning you're not saving a lot of money, but you're, you're creating a secondary benefit, not yeah. just burying it in the ground and creating methane, mm-hmm. which is another problem that landfills create. Yep, of course. And was uh, redistribution um, an option? Was that ever explored rather than, so rather than diverting it into anaerobic digestion and, and composting, uh, making any sort of edible food available to charitable organizations that could redistribute it to those in need? Absolutely. I feel like the grocery industry overall, the last five to seven years, has done a great job mm-hmm. focusing on better donation of edible food. Mm-hmm. So when you looked at it, what we had as our zero waste platform at that time was donate anything we can that's edible mm-hmm. and where food banks can help come pick it up or food pantries can come pick it up and then divert it away from landfills. So that's two of the three pillars that I kind of focus on. You know, it's let's donate donate edible food, and let's try to get it out of landfills whenever possible. Mm-hmm. And the third pillar, though, is prevention. Like, how do you actually source reduce what we create? And, and that's what I'd say I focus about 80% of my time on. The majority of my time is on how do we prevent food waste from even being generated, and then obviously donate it if we can to, to, to people in need or divert it away from landfills. Mm-hmm. And would that be the case in your current role then within WWF in terms of that focus on prevention rather than a circular economy, just trying to find a a purpose for the waste? Absolutely. So a little bit of background on the WWF approach and and how we see this issue and why we're even working on this issue. Mm -hmm. How and where we produce food is one of the biggest threats to all biodiversity and all life on Earth. Mm -hmm. And that's because when you look at the reason why tigers lose their habitat in Indonesia or you know you, even wildlife in the northern great plains of the, of the of north america are losing their habitat it's because of agriculture mm-hmm. we cut down rainforests and we lose grasslands because agriculture is expanding and because our need to grow more food is expanding globally mm-hmm. the craziness is that in places like the U.S. and in, in Europe, the waste is so high, yet we're still expanding agriculture, right? Mm-hmm. The equation does not make sense. And yep. so WWF, we needed to create a program that focused more on really on the consumption side, on, on making sure that our, our food system is as efficient as possible. So we're trying to limit the amount of stress we put on the planet by expanding agriculture. Mm-hmm. And, and what form has that taken? What initiatives have you initiated yeah so like you mentioned or like you like you asked the majority of my time is spent on how we can prevent food waste from being generated mm-hmm. how do we create the most efficient food system possible so that we don't even create food waste yeah. um, there's there's a great movie i don't know if you know it back to the future yep, you, yep certainly you know, do yep there's there's a scene in in the second one where they have this device called mr fusion right yeah and, and and they put banana peels and beer cans in it and it creates energy from the food waste and the, mm-hmm. and the waste they have. Mm-hmm. Well, 
one of the issues is you'll, you'll never be able to capture all the energy or recycle all the energy that goes into food. No. It's just, it's not possible right now with our current technology and recycling. So the best thing to do is to prevent it from even happening. And yeah. then all those vetted resources uh, don't go to waste. Mm-hmm. And so what that requires is that businesses and institutions all have to become aware of how much they do generate through measurement mm-hmm. and awareness and then set targets and work to reduce how much they generate. It's not just about diverting away from landfill and donating what you create. It's about fundamentally lowering how much you do generate. Mm-hmm. How have you gone about promoting the measurement of, of waste production within the retail sector and, and restaurant and, and hotel chains? I know you've worked with the Hilton hotel chain, so... How have you gone about achieving that? So we've worked on it in a couple different ways. Um, when when I started, we signed a partnership with Hilton worldwide, and we began looking at how we could do a source reduction strategy within the hotels, within mm-hmm. Hilton. And so we've been working on that for about a year and a half. And one of the things we're trying to do is to figure out operationally how a hotel can measure how much food waste it does generate mm-hmm. and how how you get employees and operationally how you set up a system where you can actively be reducing that. Mm-hmm. And it kind of follows a, a line of you have to separate it. You have to separate food waste out of the trash. And yep. it sounds really trivial and easy. You know, of course, just put food waste in a green bucket. But you would be amazed at how difficult that is. I mean, we are so conditioned to just put everything in the trash, in the rubbish bin. Mm-hmm. And it is a very difficult conditioning to break. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the first things is separate it, try to find a way to measure, and then set up a feedback loop with staff or with employees on how they can start to reduce it through the mm-hmm. operations. Mm-hmm. One of the things we're also doing is trying to look at this not just as a one-on-one partnership with Hilton, mm-hmm. but how do we get others in the hotel and hospitality industry involved and actually working together in a collaborative sense, not a competitive mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we have a project right now um, that we're working on with the Hotel and Lodging Association, the, the American Hotel and Lodging Association, uh, in collaboration with the Rockefeller Foundation. And, and what we're trying to do is to bring together a set of pilot projects for all of the hotel brands, You know, where mm-hmm. we include Marriott, Hyatt, Hilton, you know, a lot of different brands, have them working together to try to solve this issue of how do we measure and how do we ultimately have source reduction programs within hotels. Mm-hmm. Has something kind of come to the surface as, as a potential solution? Like, Has it been conceived by WWF or is there some sort of uh, entrepreneurial um, opportunity there to, um, to address this need and, and to allow for this measurement to occur effectively? Yeah, absolutely. I think there is, we're, we're right on the edge of really accelerating change. There's great solutions like Lean Path, mm-hmm. you know, where these solutions can be used in a hotel or in a restaurant or in a food service kitchen to help active measurement, yep. to help employees actively measure how much food waste they generate and make it fun, kind of gamify it. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing now is the adoption of these is starting to accelerate. So I, I, again, I feel like we're right there on the edge of really finding these solutions that do work. It's just a matter of how fast we can put them in and, and, and how we do accelerate the change. Mm-hmm.
-hmm. Have the hotel chains been receptive to this? Have they been willing to be transparent and have their waste measured without uh, restriction? I think as an industry, I'm amazed at how the hotel industry and all the, the competitors are willing to work together. They, I think they know this is an issue, um, mm -hmm. and it's not, not just with them, it's an issue with the entire food system, right? Mm -hmm. But they, they've already taken steps to address it, and their willingness to work together, I think, is amazing. It's a model for what other industries should be doing, you know. We should have retail grocery stores working together to try to solve this. We should have... Um, food service operators working together as, an in, as industries trying to solve this. And I feel like the hotel, they are now showing a model of how this can really work. Mm -hmm. Are you engaging with those other sectors or are you just focusing purely on the, the hotel and hospitality sector? So through the, through the WWF Markets Initiative, uh, mm -hmm. we engage with a lot of private sectors, right. a, lot of, a lot of private sectors. So it's, mm -hmm. it's across the trying to work with retailers, trying to work with restaurants, trying to work with food service operators, all of them. I assume that means across the supply chain, so in, in the, with regards to, say, supermarkets who um, are impacting or have, have some sort of influence over levels of waste both up and down the supply chain, I assume you're exploring all that, so farm level as well as household. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and it really, it comes back to our focus being on how do you prevent the food waste from being generated from your operation. So mm -hmm. when you look at grocery stores, one of the things I'm fascinated with is how do you get to zero waste operations in how you actually sell the product, mm -hmm. right? So it's typically called merchandising. This is how food is displayed in store and how you ultimately like to see it and how you shop and what you see when you shop. Mm -hmm. Could we move to methods of selling food that actually don't create waste just because of how we display it in store? Zero waste merchandising. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's businesses that are popping up like like a Blue Aprons in the U.S. and online food delivery, where people are going in and consciously making an effort to lay out what they're going to purchase, and mm -hmm. maybe they drive to the to the grocery store and pick it up. And and when you do that, I think you can create systems that are better because they're limiting how much waste is happening just in displaying food and merchandising food. Mm -hmm. um, also getting folks to really consciously think about what they are buying and making sure that when they get home, they're efficient in how they consume food at home and there's no waste at home. Mm -hmm. do, you see, do you see any sort of variation um, between states um, in terms of uptake and receptiveness to whether it's household level or uh, the retailers or the farmers, do you see there being a variation in, in receptiveness to addressing the issue in various states across different states? Uh, in the U.S., you have some states that have implemented landfill bans, mm -hmm. have, have put in place policy that directly affects things like disposal of food waste. And so uh, Massachusetts is a, is a great example. They've just that there is a, a landfill, an organics landfill ban. Mm -hmm. uh, New York City is going through this right now. Uh, so businesses in New York City over a certain size, you can no longer put food waste in the trash. You have to either compost it or digest it in some way. Right. And so I feel like it's starting to happen. It, there, it's kind of a domino effect. You know, once certain states start putting these policies in, it, 
it trickles down and other ones start adopting the same type of policies. And I, I think you're going to see more and more states and cities start to adopt this. Right. And that's that's being driven by policy rather than any sort of voluntary um, voluntary approach to change. Is, it, is that right? cases, yeah, it's it's policy change, but I think you have, again, the private sector, there, there's more and more attention now being put on food waste and more and more awareness and, mm. you know, the private sector and businesses, they're all coming to develop strategies around how they address food waste. And because it's good business too, I mean, yeah. anytime you're talking about eliminating waste, you're usually talking about eliminating cost. Mm-hmm. And... <clears throat> In most cases, especially on the prevention side, when you're preventing food waste, you're, you can potentially have a direct bottom line savings. You're saving cost to your business. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Who isn't interested in that? Yeah. With regards to policy, the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the Environmental Protection Agency declared the U.S.'s first food waste reduction goals in September of 2015, so just after WWF had um, employed yourself and initiated their food waste campaign. What have the outcomes of that declaration been to date? I think, again, it, it has accelerated awareness to the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously a, a policy and a campaign that we're in full support of. The way we approach it is we want to help the private sector and, I mean, even really any institution. We're looking to institutionalize food waste reduction so that it becomes a norm in every business, Um, It's just part of the new consciousness about how you do business. And so so we want to see this happen. We want to help to make this happen across all institutions in the U.S. Mm -hmm. We're excited to see the the policy statements by the USDA and EPA. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that that these policies have longevity? Do you feel that they'll they'll always be embraced regardless of the administration? No, I, I think absolutely this... What I'm amazed with with food the food waste issue is amazing because I feel like it's it's bipartisan. Everybody is really willing to get on board, and everybody understands it. Not only from a business side, it makes sense, and mm-hmm. you cut costs and you can do the right thing, but also on the consumer. I mean, there's nobody out there that really is interested in just being wasteful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something that. Of all the issues that can be divisive this day and age, mm-hmm. this is truly one that can unite people and unite businesses and unite policymakers. It's a, uh, it's a really fun one to work in. Yeah, actually. Yeah. Because it, it it can have solutions and we can really make a difference. We can totally change the paradigm that we operate in today, and it's it's it would make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the the beauty with the issue of food waste is that. It can be sold in so many different ways, whether it's food security, addressing food insecurity, or climate change, or deforestation, or um, yeah, reducing the impact on ecosystems and and reducing the kind of expansion of agricultural land. So there are just there are lots of different ways of packaging it and trying to gain support from from whether it's government or different sectors of the community. Absolutely. I mean, one of the things I love, so we're working on a, a school program right now where we're, we, we've developed a curriculum mm-hmm. for you know, fifth grade, middle school, and even high school students. And, and what we're trying to get them to do is just understand that food impacts 
everything. It's it's connected. It's it's our connection to the planet. Yep. And where food comes from matter, and it impacts things like the species you love. You know, there's a connection, a direct connection to wildlife and habitats, and it's usually something most people don't know right off the top of their head. They don't know that, but mm-hmm. once once they make that connection, I think a light goes off, and people start to get more interested. Mm-hmm. And you truly start creating a new culture where food has more value. I mean, that's what we want to see. Food is a valuable thing, and we should all not take it for granted. It's it's an amazing thing to have, and it we can't squander it because it's deeply connected to our planet. Mm-hmm. So you're you're not just um, promoting market based approaches to improve sustainability and reducing food waste. You're also engaging with with schools and. And that kind of element of society, not just market-based approaches then. Yeah, we're, we're piloting a program right now mm-hmm. with schools. And part of it is because I have a little bit of experience working in schools and, and helping schools develop zero-waste programs. And mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you continue to graduate students and, and, and kids each year that don't have awareness on these issues and don't understand things like where food comes from and the impact food production has on our planet, mm-hmm. then we're just doing the future a huge injustice. I mean, it, we have to have folks that understand this and understand why food is so important or else we do. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do you see um, WWF's program expanding then? Obviously you're piloting this uh, educational program, but um, are there other things in, in the near future that are going to be introduced? Other um, elements to the campaign? Uh, we have one other larger project we're working on where we're, where we're doing field level farm level measurements, so actually working on farms and talking with farmers about mm-hmm. um, what we call underutilization of food. Mm-hmm. So you know, we know there's a lot of food that is grown on farm that is maybe perfectly edible or could be recovered, but it just doesn't because of market forces and labor mm-hmm. and all kinds of issues. And so in the U.S., we're doing a project where we're directly measuring for certain specialty crops how much is underutilized and what can we do with it? How can we make farmers more profitable mm-hmm. and make sure what we grow ultimately goes to people that need it? Mm-hmm. On, on that point, at, at a farm level, is uh, is gleaning a big um, activity within the U.S.? So that opportunity of going onto the farm post-harvest and gathering food that might otherwise go to waste, is there a big gleaning network across the U.S.? I wouldn't say there's a big gleaning network, but I think it's growing. I think... People are becoming more and more interested mm-hmm. in the idea of gleaning and fully utilizing everything our farms grow. So that, that type of, it, it's, it's growing, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And Tristram Stewart's book uh, on food waste was published in 2009 and, and then Jonathan Bloom's American Wasteland in 2010. Why do you feel it's taken so long for the issue of food waste to be picked up by NGOs, businesses and governments alike? I'm not exactly sure why, but I can tell you that, I mean, everything follows a certain like psychological process in people's brain. Mm-hmm. You know, when some of this was first exposed, everybody immediately started thinking about landfill diversion, you know, like yeah. you, you images of food waste and landfills. And so the, the initial reaction was, let's start composting, let's start anaerobic digestion. And I feel like that, that really started happening about then, you know, mm-hmm. 2009, 2010, you had more businesses and, and people trying to consciously work to get things out of landfill. You mm-hmm. had more anaerobic digestion. You had composting projects popping up all over the country. You had cities starting to do zero waste mm-hmm. and, and zero waste strategies. 
So I don't think it it's not taken long because nobody's doing anything. I think it just it has its um it has its cycle that we're going through. You know, so there was this initial reaction and now I think that initial reaction is evolving more. It's turning more into consumer education campaigns. It's turning into pro- programs like ours that are focusing on prevention and source reduction. So I think it's just about this evolution, not that it wasn't considered. It's just, it's evolving. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like obviously we're, we're at a very kind of dynamic period in, in history and we're kind of in many respects uh, reaching a tipping point. And so the ability to kind of nurture grassroots initiatives and, and build up that grassroots movements until it reaches critical mass we don't necessarily have the time for that that there needs to be this whole kind of positive change needs to be expedited because of the the urgency that there is to to take action what what do you feel could be done to actually expedite things beyond you know obviously you guys are, are doing what you're doing but to to ease that to to speed up that process and, and the adoption of what you're doing and the expansion of it, what do you feel could be done to allow that to happen? Yeah, I mean, we, we live in an age where we feel more connected than ever. Mm-hmm. And really, when you get down to it, there's some basic human needs, right? It's kind of clean air, clean water, clean energy. But food is a core necessity for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that creates security, it creates community. And I think Food is also something that for every single person, there is a choice in how you think about food, mm-hmm. especially in developed countries. I think my advice is that everybody needs to consciously think about where they get their food and what food's value truly is and its connection to the planet and its impact on the planet. And if you have a world of 7 billion people that can start to understand food's importance and, and food's impact... That's a pretty amazing thing. I mean, we could really, we, we could, it would be an amazing thing if everybody truly valued food and respected it enough, one, not to waste it, but also to really care about how it's produced and where it's produced. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that maybe that's, that's essentially adopting approaches of the past because there was a time when waste was scorned and, and you had to eat everything on your plate and people were conscious of of not wasting and 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 the value in food um so what do you think has happened to to cause the the perceived reduction in value associated to food i mean a lot of it like my grandparents a lot of that was born from scarcity so in in an age of scarcity where you just didn't have there was a much higher value on having food Mm -hmm. And, and that's why you you saw attitudes were different and there was a much higher value on conserving food and making sure you didn't waste it. Now we have so much abundance that it's really hard for folks to think about it in that way. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we don't have to have another crisis where food scarcity is changing the culture on how we value food. Mm-hmm. Question is, can we can we move to a culture where we truly value food and don't waste it without having scarcity being the reason for that change i assume you're optimistic that that's achievable i'm optimistic but just you know in the in the position i am sometimes some days you're you teeter-totter on that pessimism and optimism i'm always 
always leaning more towards optimism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Well, you have to, don't you? Really? Definitely. Yeah, you do, or else you lose hope. Yep. So it's, you yep. have to remain optimistic. Um, how can people find out more about WWF and the work that uh, you guys are doing on Food Waste? Well, I mean, obviously we have a lot of content on our website mm-hmm. um, and we have offices all over the world. And so I'd encourage anybody interested in the work that we do to to find your country office and to reach out um, in each country to what they're doing and what they're campaigning for and just get involved and, and really start asking questions about food, like start to understand the importance of food and the linkages food have on things like wildlife conservation. Again, it's not something that's just intuitive for most folks and they don't know much about, but once you start connecting the dots, it really starts to make sense. Mm-hmm. And, and so is food waste um, an issue that's universally explored by WWF's offices across the world? I think, I think it's definitely something that every office is interested in. Mm-hmm. You know, every office's capacity to actually take the issue on and, and to work on it every single day is somewhat limited. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's something that it, it's, it's a global issue now. I think yep. and everybody understands the global nature of it and that it's different in all parts of the world, but it's still something that we have to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Okay, well, thank you very much for that. That's great. Thanks for listening to the Foodies Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and learning about the work that Pete and the team at WWF in the US are doing. If you'd like to learn more about the issue of food waste and the work being done by organizations like WWF and many others, then be sure to visit the Foodies website at foodies.org.uk and sign up for the newsletter if you'd like to be kept informed of new articles, interviews, initiatives, and obtain discounts for the new shop. And of course, please subscribe to the podcast via iTunes or SoundCloud to ensure you get future episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode or others, please review and rate the podcast. It'll help greatly to get it heard by more people and for the stories of the people I interviewed to be exposed to a greater audience. If you're involved with a food waste related initiative and would like to be featured on the site or podcast, then please get in touch with me via email at chris at foodaise.org.uk. Take care and thanks again for listening.